0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio.
1: And welcome to it. It is seven minutes after seven o'clock Wednesday night flagship show. We are ready to go. We hope you are as well. Look at that phone lines already open and humming 416-870-6400 to call through and ask your questions tonight and your comments. Anything else about uh, employment law having to do with yourself, family member, friend, bring it on and encourage them to call as well. All the calls make the show better because when we answer questions for you, we're answering questions for many other people that happen to be listening here. This evening as well, 604 pardon, 416 870 uh, 6400 is the way you want to do that. Uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca and uh, all kinds of stuff to get through. In fact, top mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights. Incredibly, incredibly important topic. We'll get to that in your calls here in just a bit, but we always start off with uh, the week that was. How are you doing, Bill?
2: Hey, John, I am doing very well. Always glad to be here and excited to talk about employment law. My gosh, so many things to talk about on this show, on every show. So if you have a workplace issue that's been bothering you, maybe it's a brand new one, or maybe it's something you've been carrying around for a while, now's the time to call. Now's the time to ask questions so that we can help you, so we can solve that workplace issue. I promise you there are solutions I promise you there are answers, so don't hesitate. Now is the time. Maybe you've just lost your job and, of course, are concerned about finding a new one and you want to know what you're owed and what to do about it. Well, whatever that issue, don't hesitate. Don't be bashful. Let's answer those questions right now. Take advantage of the fact that uh, I'm here answering. But to get us started, guys, and by the way, you can always call me at the office or email me and we'll give you that information. But to get us started, let me tell you about a couple important matters. Today, actually, uh, on this uh, Wednesday, we got a court decision, a court case, that's finally confirmed what I've been saying for the last year, and that is that a COVID layoff, also known as an infectious disease emergency leave, is in fact a termination of employment, that it does allow the employee to treat it as a termination. Now, I've been saying this since day one, but up until now, it was just my analysis. We did not have a court decision to back it up Uh because this is a brand new thing, but we now do, and that is very good news for employees. So what does this mean for those that may not understand what we're talking about? So the government of Ontario last year implemented something called an infectious disease emergency leave. Essentially what that says is employers can put employees off work on a layoff uh, until a date to be determined later right now that date is july the 3rd that date could be extended and potentially could mean uh being off until next year next uh, next march but with all that said what i've been saying is that despite what the government did this is still this still gives the employee the right to treat it as a termination so if you've been put on a temporary layoff because of covid you can still say i am not accepting it even if you've been off for a while even if you've been off for a number of months i'm going to choose now to treat this as a termination and make my employer pay me my full severance i could be as much as 24 months you can do that you have the right to do that this plan this this leave that the government of ontario has implemented has not changed that so please remember that our courts have now agreed with what I've been saying for the last year. If you don't want to be on this layoff, if you want to end the relationship and get severance, you can do that. Give me a call, and we'll talk about how we make it happen.
1: And to call now for clarification on that topic or any other, you know the number, 416-870-6400, help at employmentlawyer.ca, of course, the email. And, uh, you know, you want more of a private, lengthy conversation with Lior, a member of the team, no problem, one 2 one uh, John, thanks for standing by for a moment. Good evening. How are you?
3: Dr. Ben, how are you guys doing today?
1: Good, brother. What's uh, What's going on with you? What's on your mind?
3: Well, I've got a question about this vaccine.
4: Uh, is it required at place Can you can an employee get fired if they're not taking the
3: vaccine, if it's not mandatory?
2: That's a great question, and this has probably been one of the most common questions that I've received over the past three months. So here's the answer. The answer is no. For most people, your employer cannot require you to get the vaccine, and you cannot be fired if you don't. So ultimately, it's a decision that the individual has to make. Now, in some situations, for example, in hospitals or long-term care, in that in those very limited cases, the employer may be able to require the vaccine uh, that the employee get vaccinated. But for all other workplaces, the employer cannot do that. It would be potentially a human rights violation. So that's important for employees and employers to know.
4: Even though after they apply a new policy?
2: They, they cannot have a policy that says it's mandatory to be vaccinated.
4: Okay. All right. Thank you so much.
2: That's all I need to know, guys. Great job. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, John.
1: Thanks, John. Appreciate it. And that just, that just goes to show you that, uh, you know, there's so much new information that's going to come about, you know, not only just since the beginning of COVID, but moving forward that that's going to have to go through some sort of filter with you and with other uh, with employment lawyers about what's right and what's wrong, because people are throwing their hands up in the air going, okay, what about this? What about this? What about that? Right?
2: Well, and I hear lots of stories about things going on uh, south of the border. And what employers are doing there, and you know, mandating vaccines, et cetera. So let's remember that's south of the border. I'm not going to comment on that because, frankly, I don't know the laws there. But what I do know is what it means here in this province, frankly, across the country. And no, your employer cannot mandate it, and and unless the government at some point chooses to intervene and impose a law that says you have to be vaccinated, unless that happens. You will have that choice to be vaccinated or not. It's a personal decision, and the employer cannot fire you if you don't.
1: Four one six eight seven 416-870-6400, the number to call through. Like John, get some uh, get some quick answers for sure. Uh, Phil, thanks for taking some uh, taking some time tonight. How are you? Hey, Phil. How you doing? Good. So what's up?
5: Basically, uh, I used to work in the oil refineries. And about 10 years ago. And uh, next thing you know, as I left after seven years of working there, I came back to Toronto and uh, I went for a, uh, uh, my yearly hearing aid, uh, hearing um, appointment. And the, the doctor checked, med- checked it out and said that my hearing got substantially worse. And then he asked me what kind of work I do. I told him that I worked in the refineries and we also belong to a union. And uh, he basically uh, did all the paperwork for me, sent it in. Uh, he said that I sh- should uh, qualify for something because I had permanent hearing loss, about 4- 45 to 45 percent on one side. Anyways, and uh, he said it would probably get worse as you're as you get older. I'm 57, so I did it, and they basically refused it. They told me I had a date where I can appeal it. I never did anything uh, anything from it, and I just realize it and a couple of years went by and now it's come now it's starting to bother me because I, I still suffer from this hearing issues right so I, I don't know if there's anything I can do here
2: so Phil if you did not appeal the workers compensation decision on time unfortunately you, you you're out of time uh, if they oh. had uh, denied you and, and again obviously I don't know enough about your condition to say whether they should have denied you or not but if you did not appeal it, there's a process. Now, unfortunately, you're, you're out of time. That's why it's so important to, to stand up for your rights, pursue your rights, and pursue them on time. Because if you don't, yeah. then, then you give them up, unfortunately.
5: Okay. So that's the, that is the main reason why I can't do nothing at this point.
2: Yeah, that, that is... Uh, the only reason, really, why you can't do anything because you would have passed that limitation period. You would have passed that deadline, as you said, to to appeal the uh, workers' compensation decision.
4: Oh, okay, all right. That's yeah, good
2: to
6: know.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Appreciate it. Appreciate the time and the uh, and the call. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is the number to make those calls and ask your questions here and uh, and get them done. Top mistakes. That individuals make that compromise their legal rights, get into a couple of these before we take a short break. um Here's the one that's you know, always sticks in your craw that is they contact the Ministry of Labor for advice, <laughs> which you know you can't you can't blame them. it's the Ministry of Labor after all, right
2: yeah, you know i I've been uh, speaking about on the radio for many years and on t v saying you have all these rights, you have amazing employment law rights, but oftentimes when you don't know what those rights are. You could do things that compromise your rights, that give up those rights. So we want to talk about some situations where that can happen, and probably the main example, one of the main examples certainly is what John just said, that if you lost your job, you contact the Ministry of Labor. That is a surefire way to compromise, not just compromise, to eliminate your rights. So let me explain what I mean by that for those that have not heard me speak about this before. So the Ministry of Labor in Ontario can only help you enforce your minimum termination entitlements, not your full termination entitlements. And the difference between your minimum entitlements and your full entitlements could be huge. It could be tens of thousands of dollars. It can even be hundreds of thousands of dollars. The Ministry of Labor can only enforce those minimum entitlements. You may go to the Ministry of Labor and by filing a claim with them, not only are you now stuck that you can only get your minimum entitlements, you can't change your mind. You can't say, oh, now I realize I made a mistake. Now I'm going to go get some legal advice. You're stuck in that process. So by virtue of seeking your entitlements from the Ministry of Labor, you by definition would have lost tens of thousands of dollars. Please don't let that happen to you if you lost your job. The last thing you do is contact the Ministry of Labor. You are better off uh, dealing with it yourself. You are better off not doing anything, frankly, than contacting the Ministry of Labor. The right thing to do if you lost your job, give me a call. If you don't like me, then let me know. I'll give you the reference to another lawyer. Call them. But that's what you have to do if you lost your job. Do not go to the Ministry of Labor.
1: We are talking about the top mistakes individuals make that compromise their legal rights, and we will continue to do so but after a short break, 416-870-6400, the number to get on air and ask your questions here live during the remainder of the hour. And you want to reach out through email, help at employmentlawyer.ca and just employmentlawyer.ca, the website, as Leora mentioned, where you'll find links to our long-running TV show as well, so check that out. Lots more on the way, Employment Law Show, Global News Radio.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. On Global News Radio.
1: Welcome back. Employment Law Show. 416-870-6400. To call now and ask your questions. You want to follow up afterwards, you can do uh, do so with an email. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. You've got the option of 1-855-821-5900. And the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's fantastic. It's like having Lior with you 24-7. And it's on your smartphone, your tablet, wherever you want. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Dot says we get more calls lined up here back into our topic for today, and that is top mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights. Number two is Google Law School getting advice online. Nice. Yeah,
2: getting advice online. You know, definitely. Again, we're talking about ways you you end up giving up your rights or compromising your rights. Well, if you get your advice and information from the wrong source, well, guess what? That's by definition is you're gonna. Do something wrong and do something you're not supposed to. So, you know, here's one time when Google is not necessarily your friend. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I say Google, but I'm, I'm, I'm really talking about anyone and everyone that is not properly qualified to advise you on your workplace. Right. I've spoken literally with hundreds of people over the past, however many years that I've been practicing law where they've gotten the wrong advice because of that, they did the wrong thing. And now uh, they're asking me, okay, what can we do? Can we clean this up? Can we fix it? And that's not always possible. Now, I've spoken with individuals that uh, quit because they thought that they had to, uh, because that's what they found out online. That's what someone told them. Uh, I've spoken with individuals that didn't pursue matters on time because they didn't know that they had to, and someone told them they shouldn't. Please don't do that. Don't compromise your rights in that way. It's always worthwhile to call us on the show right now to get right, correct, proper information about your your situation. To call me or email me at the office. We've given you that information. We'll give it to you again. Do the smart thing. Do the right thing. Google is not your friend. In fact, uh, not, not when it comes to employment law. Uh, and, in fact, it's going to, unfortunately, mean if you use it often and if you use it when you're not supposed to, that you may end up compromising your legal rights. Please don't do that.
1: Again, open lines, plenty, 416-870-6400, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Top mistakes you'll make, that compromise your legal rights, and this one is just like the, the gift that keeps on giving, signing employment agreements without knowing what they're signing. Ouch. So here's how employment law works.
2: I've said this on the show, I've said this thousands of times, you have terrific rights. Most employees have really good extensive employment law rights. But one of the rights that you have is the right to give away employment law rights. <laughs> so you can, you know, the law is going to say, well, no, we insist you have those rights. If you want to give them away, you can. And that's what an employment agreement does. It either eliminates some rights that you would otherwise have, or even worse, it gives the employer rights that the employer otherwise would not have. That's what an employment agreement is designed to do. That's why it's so much better to have a job offer that's verbal on a handshake or, you know, on the back of a napkin or, you know, something that's in an email. Much, much better than to have a 10-page employment agreement because in that agreement, I guarantee you, there'll be terms that compromise your rights. And a lot of individuals don't know that. They sign agreements that give up rights. They look, oh, salary is okay. That's what I wanted. I wanted four weeks vacation, they gave it to me, amazing, I'm signing right now. Not realizing there could be terms in there that limit their future severance. It's going to cost them tens of thousands of dollars. There are terms in there that allow the company to lay them off temporarily. Terms that allow the company to change their pay, change their work location, etc., etc., etc. So definitely, if you've been offered an employment agreement, whether it's a new job or you're working with the company, before you sign, let's talk about it. Let's review it. Let's understand what we're signing. Oftentimes, these things can be negotiated quickly and easily, and it can be a huge can make, uh, make a huge difference. So please don't just give up rights without knowing it. Any questions about an employment agreement? Give me a
1: call. 416-870-6400 is the way now to call into the to the station. Robert, thank you for standing by. Good evening. Good evening. My
7: my question is: I work for a courier company as an independent contractor. Um, I noticed on their website, it indicates that they're charging the client's fuel surcharges, which has, it goes as far as 13%. But they refuse to pay us any fuel surcharge. They say we don't charge the client. Are we entitled to, to the entire amount of fuel surcharge
2: or no? So what you're entitled to is whatever you agreed with, with the company. So if you agreed with the company that you will get paid X and Y, whatever that is, then that's what you're entitled to. So if the agreement, the deal was that they'll pay you a fuel surcharge, then they have to pay it to you. If that was not the agreement, that they don't have to pay it to you. The fact that they may be getting it and, and, you know, maybe lying to their customer, that may be something that the customer would have a huge problem with, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to pay it to you unless that was the deal. uh, That was an agreement that you had with them to pay that to you. Does that make sense, Robert?
7: Yes, definitely. But when we signed up uh, to work for the company, we were never given a copy of the contract. And after a while, they created an app where we have to sign in onto the app every day when we pick up uh, our uh, packages. Uh, So there was one time option that we had to agree on the terms. And after that, We no longer get asked that question. But we have no copy of anything.
2: So we just have to accept whatever they give us. Well, listen, I mean, if you believe that the agreement was that they'll give you the fuel surcharge and they haven't, then you could take legal action against them and then they'll have to produce copies of the contract. That's up to you. All I can tell you is from a legal standpoint, if the agreement is that they're going to pay it to you, they have to pay it to you. If that was not the agreement, if they never committed to paying you that then there's no obligation to pay it.
7: Uh, the agreement, I believe it was 70% to 30% of the amount being charged, from what I remember. But does that
2: include fuel surcharge or not? I do not I, I I would wanna see that. If, if, For example, if it says it's 70% of whatever the customer pays, absolutely it would include it. If it says it's 70% of the base fee or something like that, then it may not include it. So that's why I would actually want to see the agreement uh, to to be able to tell you but it's possible yes
7: yeah we never get to see the 100 percent of what being charged anyway so we don't know we're at their discretion whatever they give us so well, okay well
2: if you want a copy of it i can get a copy of it i'll, I'll have to get involved and i can certainly get it you yeah. you are owed that if there there's an agreement that says that they'll pay it to you
1: okay thank you so much i really appreciate it. thank you no problem Thank you, Robert. Appreciate that. Here's the number to reach out, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, and help at employmentlawyer.ca through email as well. Still, lots of time, 416-870-6400 to call through, just like Robert, ask your questions like that, get some answers. But back to our top mistakes that individuals can make that can compromise their legal rights. They assume that they are an independent contractor. We're assuming Robert was actually an independent contractor, but a lot of people just assume they are because that's what yeah. they've been told.
2: And by the way, you know, I, I don't know enough about uh, his situation, but I would bet any money that Robert is in fact an employee in the eyes of the law. I know that, that he's been called an independent contractor, but chances are that he's been misclassified. And so this is important to remember that the vast majority of people that believe and think and, and work as independent contractors really are employees in the eyes of the law. They've been misclassified. So, for example, Robert, if he, Robert has a job where he goes and he works a fixed amount of time every day, Monday to Friday, guess what? He's an employee. It doesn't matter what he signed. It doesn't matter what the, the courier company says that he is or what they believe, if they withhold taxes or not. None of that matters. If you look like an employee and act like an employee, then you are an employee. And when it comes to compromising your rights, is, this often happens when it comes to termination of employment. So let's say, again, we're picking up poor Robert here, but let's say Robert is let go at some point. He may think, well, I'm an independent contractor. I guess they don't have to pay me anything, so I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to move on. Well, guess what? If he is truly an employee, they have to pay him severance. He may not understand and appreciate that because he thinks he's an independent contractor. But he may be owed as much as two years' pay. So you compromise your rights if you assume that you're an independent contractor when you are really an employee for most of you out there if you believe you're an independent contractor you know i'm not clairvoyant but i've been doing this for many many years i can tell you that's actually wrong you are employees and by the way john here mentioned pocketemploymentlawyer.ca one of the things you can do on pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is actually find out if you're an employee or an independent contractor we have a tool there that allows you, after you answer a few questions, to find out, to get that answer. Are you an employee or a contractor? Free, anonymous, easy to use. So please, don't make any assumptions about your status.
1: Again, lots of time still to go here. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred to call through and ask your questions as well. Uh, between that, we're talking about mistakes individuals make compromising their legal rights and this one it's just you got to put the brakes on because people get nervous they panic they sign too fast and that is it they sign a severance letter without understanding what they are actually owed it can be devastating yeah that that
2: is the main way you you compromise your your rights let's start with the idea that 90 percent of people when they are let go are offered less a lot less than what they're owed a lot less so if Those individuals end up signing because, well, they didn't know any better. They didn't think that they were owed more. By signing this, that's it. You've given up your rights. Even though you may realize the next day, wait a second, I was owed another year's pay. At that point, it's too late to do anything about it. So when it comes to severance packages, never, never, never sign them without getting advice. Chances are you're owed a lot more. I'm not talking about another 1000 or $2,000. That's a lot of money. But I'm talking, in most cases, you're talking tens, tens of thousands of dollars difference. So please be smart about it. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca has our famous severance calculator tool. You can use it to find out what you're owed or you call me, do the right thing. If you sign that offer, even though you feel that pressure, even though you feel like you have no choice, if you sign it, you give up your rights. You do have a choice. You do have rights. But it's up to you to stand up to them.
1: Just taking a moment here to get a couple more calls lined up. We'll continue with this uh, this discussion of things that, uh, well, mistakes, actually, that'll compromise your legal rights, and that is wait too long to do something about changes to the terms of employment. Super important at all times, especially during COVID-19, right? Especially
2: during COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, this has been the, the year of changes to terms of employment. Employers reducing hours, changing hours, changing shifts, uh, changing job responsibilities, and When an employer does that, in most cases, you have the right, as of that moment, to say, I am treating this as a termination. We call that a constructive dismissal. I'm choosing to say I'm not accepting it. Instead, I'm going to treat this as a termination and get severance. The problem is if you wait too long, you are considered to have accepted the change. So let's say your employer reduces your pay. You hum and haw, and after three months, you think, you know, no, I'm not accepting this. Well, guess what? By then, it's too late. You've accepted that change. You've that, accepted that pay reduction. And not only are you stuck, you've given the company the right to do it again. So it's a terrible scenario. Please don't do that. When it comes to changes to terms of employment, you have to do something about it immediately. Not a month later. Not uh, you know after the holidays. Do something about it right away. Call me and let's discuss it.
1: 416-870-6400, that is where we are going right now. Elizabeth, thank you for hanging on for a moment. Good evening. How are you?
3: Hi there. Good, thanks. Thank you for taking my call.
1: You bet. Um,
3: so um, what happened was uh, last July, my boss, um, he changed the terms of my contract. Uh, I was only able to work four days a week because of medical reasons, um, and he was well aware of that, and that was what it was in our employee contract. Then in July, he said, um, well, you can't work five days a week, and I need you for five days, and I'm terminating you. Um, I worked there for uh, just a little over 10 months. I'm just wondering um, what sort of uh, severance or termination notice of termination pay I'm entitled to.
2: So this, you said, happened in July, last July?
3: Last July, yes.
2: So what's happened since then? Before we talk about what you're owed, have you signed something? Have you had any contact with the company? Have they paid you something?
3: No. They still owe me for wages, vacation, and um, and some sort of notice. And they've given me nothing.
2: Okay. So what kind of a, a job, Elizabeth, and how old are you?
3: Uh, I'm 53, and it's in the construction industry.
2: And no union?
3: No union, and I... I worked out of the office, like it was administrative.
2: So you're owed right around three months' pay, okay? That's what you're owed, three months' pay. Uh, and But there's an even bigger issue here. If you are let go because you have a medical condition which prevents you from working five days a week, that could be a human rights violation. That's a different issue altogether. So not only do they owe you that three months' severance, for sure, that's kind of the, the, the low-hanging fruit but they also owe you potentially human rights damages because they have to accommodate you. And they can't say, well, now we've decided we don't want to anymore. That's exactly what a human rights violation looks like. So, Elizabeth, you need to give me a call off air so that we can have a discussion and I can help you get put your road. You actually have significant entitlements even after only 10 months of employment.
3: Okay, okay. Thank you very much. Uh, Yes, I will definitely contact you.
1: Excellent, Elizabeth. Well done. And here is that number if you don't have it uh, already, one 855 help at employmentlawyer.ca. But we'll uh, carry on here. Still going, 416-870-6400. Amir, thank you for standing by for a couple minutes. Good evening.
4: Thank you very much for taking my call. I appreciate this much, I swear to God. My friend, I'm calling from his phone, and he tells me, I work for Canada Post. And I have no union. I am a delivery driver. And I've been there for seven years now. I have no benefits. I have nothing. And yesterday they told me, because we have a breakout, you have to go home. I said, okay. Well, I have to go home. I have to go home. I don't want COVID to bring it to my family. But do I have any, you know, any recourse? Are you paying anything? He said, no, you don't make nothing. So I have to stay home for 10 days now. I get nothing. I have no union, I have no representation, no nothing. I've been there seven years. Every day I go in at six o'clock in the morning. I don't finish till seven at night.
2: So you would qualify for uh, for government benefits during this period of time because you, you can't work? Uh, the uh, the Canada uh, response benefits, so emergency response benefits. So you will qualify for government benefits. Your employer, unfortunately, does not have to pay you in, in this particular situation because they're not choosing for you not to work. It's simply a matter that they have to close based on public health orders, but that's why we, the federal government does provide benefits for you, uh, so you should apply for that uh, as soon as possible.
4: Okay. Uh, I figured as much. I have no union I have no I went to union yesterday day before yesterday when they informed me and i 'm sorry you're not part of the union i don't pay dues or nothing in them
1: yeah
2: even I, I if you were part of a union that that wouldn't have changed they still wouldn't have had to pay in this situation. so the only thing that's available is the the government benefits, so you have to apply to that that could pay you uh up to five hundred dollars a week depending on your income uh and and then hopefully before long you'll be back to work.
1: Amir, appreciate the call, pal. And uh, you have time as well. 416-870-6400 is the way you want to reach out afterwards. one 821 5900 Top mistakes individuals make that compromise their legal rights. How about this one? Again, a huge topic, especially in the last 56 weeks, 57, allow employers to lay them off temporarily.
2: That's exactly what we were talking about at the yeah. beginning of the show. So Again, for those that have joined us uh, more um, more recently on the show, let's be very clear on this. Even if you've been laid off because of COVID, okay, even if it's a, what's called an IDEL, an uh, infectious disease emergency leave, you still have the right to treat that as a termination of your employment and get severance. It's not something your employer is allowed to do and you do not have to accept it. You can, of course, accept it, But that means you could be off potentially until March 2022. And by the way, potentially that could be extended even further. So you can't treat that as a termination. But in terms of compromising your rights is here's what happens if you don't. If you go back to work when you're called back to work. Well, the problem with that is now you've given the company arguably the right to do it again. And the second, third, fourth time that they lay you off temporarily, you may not be able to do anything about it because you let it happen the first time. So that is something you have to understand. Your employer does not have a right to lay you off temporarily unless you accept that first layoff. That's how you compromise your legal rights, by accepting that layoff and creating that situation where you can be laid off again. So it's not just about your job now, it's about what your job is going to look like in the future if you agree to this this layoff. If you want to talk about it, if you want to say, not doing it, I want my severance, I want it now, please give me a call.
1: Another way you can compromise those uh, legal rights is don't stay in touch with their employer when they're on a medical leave. I guess this is a amount of timing too as well, right? How long you're going to be off?
2: For sure. If you're going to be off for a long period of time, you know, more than a few weeks, I want you to be in touch with your employer. I want you to remind your employer... That you're still there, that you're still looking to get back to work, that you're not off forever and you haven't forgotten about them. So very important because you don't want to be out of touch with your employer for many months and then all of a sudden you're ready to come back to work and the employer says, well, wait a second, we haven't heard from you. We assume that you quit or that you're not coming back ever. Don't compromise your rights. Stay in touch with your employer. You know, Every few weeks, send a quick note, an email, a text message saying, still here, looking to get better, hoping to be back to work at some point very easy very simple to do you know once a month but if you do that you will comp- you won't compromise your rights you will preserve your rights so
1: please do that Hello Jamie thanks for hanging on good evening
6: yes hi um thanks for taking my call um sure. I've been in a situation with my work um, started since um, probably February of this year where, now my employer wants me to work 7 days a week and I'm trying to tell him I can't do Sundays and he gets very upset. He you know tells me you have to come in there like he has no staff at the front and I'm just feeling like my my um my work rights are violated because you're working like 7 days a week. Most people are entitled to at least 2 or 1 day off and because um, what happened was two people had left the job and he basically hasn't been f- able to find anyone to fill the other people's positions and everything's kind of falling on me is there anything legally i could do in terms of um from a uh employment perspective where i'm finding myself working too many days and or seven days a week and i'm not getting any time to, like for myself so before he started
2: asking you to work seven days what kind were you working four days five days six days um, were you working?
6: well i was working pretty much uh uh four to five days and now this uh schedule of seven days because like i mentioned less staff and you know there's just nobody to do a job um i do auto detailing and Without people he can't well, obviously he can't run the business and he's putting a job that would require two at least two people to do and he's putting it all the pressure on me and I'm feeling completely burned out and
2: Right. So Jamie, I, let me let me tell you what can be what can I could be do done to, here. Okay. So he cannot make you work more than what you're used to working, which is you know, let's say it's five days. He cannot change the terms of your employment that way. Meaning, if you say, No, I'm not going to do that, you cannot be penalized. That's not a form of misconduct. Keep in mind, though, Jamie, yeah. your employer can still let you go because of the fact that an employer can let an employee go. The preceding go was a paid
0: commercial program. Reason, unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are now. employees so, so they of they or otherwise represent Severance. the advertiser. The opinions the expressed therein are those of the advertiser and, and do not necessarily no, reflect the views and policies of global news radio.
2: You cannot be let go without severance, suspended, nothing like that. So the the best thing that you can do if you don't want to work is simply say, no, I'm not going to do that. You are allowed to say that.
6: Now, I've tried telling him how I feel. I, he gets very uh, uh, aggressive with me. He, you know, loses his temper, and he's very um, belligerent. and And then he gets in this thing with me like he... You know, his demeanor changes. I tell him, look, this is not right. Like I'm- So, Jamie, because we have to,
2: to get off the air, here's what I want you to do. I want you to call me so we can have a chat more About- more personally so that we can discuss what to do here. But I wouldn't get into any confrontation with your employer. Let's simply decide how we deal with it. Call me off air, and I'll help you.
1: Jamie, appreciate it. That's a good way to wrap up this show for tonight. You want to reach out, Jamie, you, or anybody else for that matter now that we are done. It 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address. Simply Employment Lawyer is the website you'll go to to find links to our long-running TV show. And as we mentioned several times, it's like having we are with you 24-7, even before the phone call, consult pocketemploymentlawyer.ca We'll catch you next time, but don't go anywhere on point with Alex Pearson is coming right back. This is Global News Radio.